Listen, everybody, to the words I have to say. Better get ready. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, this is Daniel White the Third with the Second Coming Watch update. This is update number 967. We have a new subtitle. Uh, in light of these things, in light of these things that are happening in the world, my dear friend, we are here to remind you to get ready. We're here to remind you to get ready for the rapture, to get ready for the second coming of Christ. As I said, this is update number 967. Let's take a quick look at today's prophecy-related headlines, which point towards the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the rapture of the church, and the end of the world as we know it. First today, under the sign categories of famines, according to the Associated Press, the UN food chief warned Tuesday, the war in Ukraine has created a catastrophe on top of a catastrophe and will have a global impact beyond anything we've seen since World War II because many of the Ukrainian farmers who produce a significant amount of the world's wheat are now fighting Russians. David Beasley, executive director of the UN World Food Program told the UN Security Council that already high food prices are skyrocketing. His agency was feeding 125 million people around the world before Russia's invasion of Ukraine on February the 24th and Beasley said it has had to start cutting their rations because of rising food, food, fuel, and shipping costs. He, he pointed to war-torn Yemen where eight million people just had their food allotment cut 50%. And now we're looking at going to zero rations. Mr. Beasley said the war in Ukraine is turning the breadbasket of the world to bread lines for millions of its people, while devastating countries like Egypt that normally gets 85% of its grain from Ukraine and Lebanon that got 81% in 2020. Ukraine and Russia produce 30% of the world's wheat supply, 20% of its corn, and 75% to 80% of the sunflower seed oil. The World Food Program buys 50% of its grain from Ukraine. The war is going to increase the agency's monthly expenses by $71 million because of rising food, fuel, and shipping costs. Uh, he said uh, that will total $850 million for a year and mean 
that there will be four million less people will be able to reach and feed. Mr. Beasley warned that focusing on Ukraine should not lead the international community to neglect of Africa, especially the Sahel and the Middle East, because otherwise you'll have massive migration coming to all parts of Europe. Second today, under the sign category of wars and rumors of wars, according to the Guardian newspaper of Great Britain, a Russian minister refused to rule out Moldova's breakaway region, Transnistria, being drawn into the Ukraine war. In a potential escalation of the conflict to another European country. The Deputy Foreign Minister Andre Rudenko said on Tuesday Moscow was concerned over the string of recent explosions in Transnistria, saying Russia would like to avoid a scenario in which in, in which Transnistria would be dragged into the war. Speaking to journalists in Moscow, Rodinko said the situation with the explosions in the region indicated that certain forces behind the attacks were interested in creating another hotbed of tension in Europe. A reference to two episodes of violence reported in the enclave in a uh, in as many days. RIA Novosti cited Rodinko as saying, "An investigation will be carried out accordingly, and we hope that the reasons will be established, and those responsible will be punished." Transnistria, which is controlled by pro-Russian separatists and permanently hosts 1,500 Russian troops, as well as a large arms depot, borders western Ukraine. Rodinko's statements came after Moldova's president, Maya Sandu, convened a meeting of her Security Council on Tuesday following the two incidents. Third today, under the assigned category of wars and rumors of wars, according to Insider China on Tuesday, called for restraint after Russia's foreign minister raised the prospect of, pardon me, of the real threat of nuclear war amid Russian President Vladimir Putin's unprovoked invasion of Ukraine. Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesman Wang Wenbin told reporters during a briefing on Tuesday, no one wants to see the outbreak of a third world war. Wenbin added, we hope that irrelevant parties can keep cool-headed and exercise restraint, prevent escalation of tension, realize peace as soon as possible, and avoid inflicting a heavier price on Europe and the world. Winbin said, we should reflect on why Europe has again got caught up in the geo geopolitical conflict more than 30 years after the end of the Cold War on how to build a balanced, effective, and sustainable European security architecture and on how to strengthen the global security governance system. 
Winbin was responding to a question about recent remarks by Russian Foreign Minister uh, Sergei Lavrov, who warned the West to not underestimate the serious and real risks of a third world war by getting involved in Russia's two-month-long war with Ukraine. Fourth today, under the sign category of turmoil in the Middle East, according to Israel National News, Zahar Jabarin, one of Hamas's leaders was threatened threatened, uh, to uh, fire over 1,000 rockets at Israel last year. Hamas leader Yahya Sinwa referenced the number 1,111 but did not detail the context. At the time, he said, we are confident in our ability to obtain our rights and remember the number 1,111. It was assumed then that the number was in reference to how many terrorists Hamas would demand uh, released in the next prisoner swap. And now uh, Jabarin has clarified in Sinwa's name that 1,111 is the number of rockets which will be fired during the first barrage on Israel in the next round of fighting. Jabarin added, we are capable of increasing the number if necessary. Though Israel does not believe uh, Hamas is capable of firing a barrage of 1,111 rockets at once. Recent barrages have been relatively heavy with the goal of overcoming the Iron Dome missile defense system by firing more rockets than it has the capacity to intercept at once. Fifth today, under the sign category of hostility toward Israel, according to NBC News, the fighting in May 2021 between Israeli forces and the militant group Hamas had an effect that rippled across the United States and gave rise to a record number of anti-Semitic incidents of assaults harassment, and vandalism in more than 40 years. The Anti-Defamation League, a Jewish civil rights organization, said Tuesday it counted 2,717 incidents in 2021, a 34% increase from 2020 and the highest number since it began. Uh, tracking reports of anti-Semitism in 1979. By the way, this is breaking news. Over half of Israelis, according to a poll, believe that a second Holocaust will happen in the future. Uh, That just came out today. Its annual audit is based on reports from law enforcement, the media, and community groups, and does not consider general anti-Israel sentiments the same as anti-Semitism. Jonathan Greenblatt, the ADL's CEO, said in a statement, while we have always seen a rise in anti-Semitic activity during periods of increased hostilities, between Israel and terrorist groups, the violence we witnessed in America during the conflict last May was shocking. Jews were being attacked in the streets for no other reason than the fact that they were Jewish, and it seemed as if 
the working assumption was that if you were Jewish, you were blameworthy for what was happening half a world away. Apparent hate crime incidents, including vandalism against synagogues and street assaults, were reported in New York, Los Angeles, suburban Chicago, South Florida, and elsewhere as large-scale protests were held in response to the conflict between Israelis and Palestinians in the Gaza Strip. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ, the prophetic passage of Holy Scripture that we are looking at today is Ezekiel chapter 38, verses 1 through 16. But we're going to read right now only Ezekiel 38, 8-13. After many days thou shalt be visited. In the latter years thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword and is gathered out of many people against the mountains of Israel which have been always waste but it is brought forth out of the nations, and they shall dwell safely, all of them. Thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. Thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land. Thou and all thy bands and many people with thee. Thus saith the Lord God, it shall also come to pass that at the same time shall things come into thy mind, and thou shalt think an evil thought, and thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates to take a spoil and to take a prey, to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited and upon the people that are gathered out of the nations which have gotten cattle and goods that dwell in the midst of the land, Sheba and Dedan and uh, the merchants of Tarshish with all the young lions thereof shall say unto thee, Art thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey, to carry away silver and gold? to take away cattle and goods, to take a great spoil. Now, dear friends, let's pray. Holy Father God in heaven, we pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And we praise you and we thank you for your mercy your love and your grace. We praise you and we thank you for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit and your Holy Word. And Holy Father God, uh, we praise you and we thank you for salvation, spiritual blessings, uh, family and life blessings, financial and material blessings, protection and provi provision blessings, mental and physical blessings. And Holy Father God, this evening help us to individually confess our sins, our, fail our failures and our faults unto you. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us of our sins as we from our hearts by your grace, forgive those who have sinned against us. Crush and crucify, Lord, our flesh and the old man within us. 
and fill us, all who are saved, with the fullness and the power of your Holy Spirit. And as you know, Lord, I am still praying for my own wife's salvation and uh, the salvation of others in our family who may be religious, but they're lost, and we're praying for thousands and millions of others in the church who are religious but lost. Open their blinded eyes and stop their deaf ears. There's no genuine fruit in their lives. And you said we shall know them by their fruits. And Lord, help them to hear the gospel and to see the gospel in a very real sense and truly believe in you. And repent of their sins and prove their repentance by loving you back and by keeping your commandments on a consistent basis by your grace and your strength. Uh, Holy Father God, I do pray that uh, you would cast out the devil and the demons of hell and the satanic demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias uh, out of my wife's life and out of the lives of other people who have that problem uh, in our family and in the church uh, worldwide. Uh, for obviously there is a problem and uh, uh, maybe because we have disobeyed your great commission and your great commandment We've allowed the tares to outgrow the wheat in the church. Lord, but you know all about it. And so, Lord, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. Lord, rebuke and bind our enemy, the devil, and his demons and his hosts from the minds and hearts and souls and spirits of the people who have that problem. <coughs> Revive, Lord, those who are genuinely born again and encourage them to walk by faith and not by sight and to understand what you said before you left. In this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Uh, so, Lord, help us to keep our hearts and minds stayed on you, your death, your burial, your resurrection for our sins and your second coming, the rapture of the church. And Lord, we pray that you would deliver each and every one of us who are saved tonight from temptation, evil, and sin. Grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, live right, think right, and do right. Lord, from what I understand, the promise keepers uh, having a meeting to try to help Christian men uh, who uh, they say uh, have an addiction to porn, pornography, uh, which of course, Lord, uh, I believe there's no such thing, but Lord, uh, help them to do some good. And we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would redirect their energies uh, Lord, to getting people saved, getting men saved, for a saved man is not going to continue uh, to look at porn, pornography, nor is he going to uh, stay in it for long or be addicted to it or to anything else uh, because he has you living on the inside of him. And also, Lord, raise up some women uh, godly women who would teach the younger women and wives uh, that they they play a part in this as well and that they need to cheerfully and joyfully uh, have sex with their husbands on demand. And Lord God in heaven, we pray uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you will uh, Grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, live right, think right, and do right. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. 
Help us all who are saved to humble ourselves, to pray, to seek your face, and to turn from our wicked ways and to repent of our wicked sins and to get back to you, our first love. And tonight, Lord, we pray for the salvation of the lost, for the revival of the saved, for the healing of the sick, for the comfort of the grieving all across the country and around the globe. And Lord, I thank you for your holy word. Grant me your energy, your strength, your unction and your anointing, the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, to read your holy word, to pray, and Lord, to obey your holy word, to live by it and to apply it to our own lives. And uh, share it with others, teach it to others, preach it to others, and preach your holy gospel from it. Uh, And uh, Lord, we pray that you would save those who are lost, revive those who are saved, heal those who are sick, comfort those who are grieving. And Holy Father God, we pray tonight for those of us who are born again and saved, and some who are very troubled. Lord, uh, grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to humble ourselves and help us, Lord, to confess our sins and repent of our sins and uh, do right by you. And then, Lord, we pray that you deliver us from uh, distresses and afflictions, uh, tribulations and troubles and trials and temptations and tests and tensions. Deliver us, Holy Father God, from spiritual and mental, physical and emotional, family and financial, uh, student loan debt, student progress problems, and uh, deliver all of us in this world, uh, Lord, uh, all around the world, from housing crisis, food crisis, medical crisis, which is exploding all over the globe because of our sin in the church. Uh, It didn't have to be this way, but we kept on pushing you to the periphery, and now we're in deep, deep trouble, and we ought to be, and help us to realize that, and a lot of people who are hurting from utility bills. One pastor uh, asked the question, does he have to take out a mortgage to pay his utility bill? Holy Father God, help those who are not truly rich to downsize as fast as they can. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you bless and protect, Lord, uh, my family. Bless and protect all other Christian families that stand for you, families that name the name of Christ. Protect us, Lord, from ourselves, our flesh, and the devil, and from the demons of hell, and from evil people in the family, evil people in the church, and evil people in the world. For Lord, unfortunately, we have just as many persecutors in our own families. And uh, Lord, I have more persecutors in the church than I do from the outside. In fact, Lord, sad to say, I have more persecutors in the church from pastors and pastors' wives, especially, not pastors, but pastors' wives, because of my preaching uh, as I am. Uh, called by you to take Jezebel down off her throne, so to speak, and all of the foolishness that has been created in the church because of it. And I do thank you for the men who have stood with me and who have not listened to the pillow talk to try to destroy me. But I have more persecutors in the church than on the outside of the church. I have more women who support me on the outside of the church than on the inside. And so, Lord, that's just a sad state of affairs. But we give you the glory, praise, and honor for your protection. Uh, Place upon us the whole arm of God. Surround us with the band of your holy angels and the wall of your holy fire. Cover us and cleanse us through the precious blood of Christ. Help us to glorify your name always 
and help us to lift up your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, always, who is at your right hand. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray, and for his sake, amen. So, based upon that passage, allow me to share with you some commentary on this passage from exploring Bible prophecy from Genesis to Revelation by the late Dr. Tim LaHaye and Dr. Ed Heinsen. I believe Dr. Ed Heinsen is still living. Uh, in Ezekiel, Have her to plug it up, please. Plug it up right there. In Ezekiel chapter 38, verses 8 through 13, we see Israel not yet restored and threatened by. Just all you gotta do is reach over there. And threatened by the nation surrounding it. And the promise of restoration will not be fulfilled until after the defeat of Gog. And many people believe that is Russia. Gog and Magog. By contrast, during the millennium, the nations are ruled by Jesus Christ with a rod of iron and are no longer a threat. And Israel has already experienced its restoration. Likewise, the defeat of Gog is followed by seven months of burials. We're seeing we're seeing this kind of thing happening. So this is not far-fetched. We have, it's happening today in the Ukraine. Mass graves. People are being killed by the thousands and put into mass graves. And that takes a while to do. And it's a nasty job, by the way. Months of burials to cleanse the land and seven years of burning weapons, seven years of burning weapons, followed by the time of restoration. By contrast, the millennial kingdom begins with a cleansed land and the defeat of the invaders of Revelation 20 is followed by the final judgment. The creation of a new heavens and earth and the eternal state finally in Revelation 20 there will be no need to bury the slain because the conflict will immediately be followed by the resurrection of the unjust for the great white throne judgment the pre-tribulational view of the rapture allows time for the seven months of burial and the seven years of burning up the weapons to take place before the beginning of the millennial kingdom. Uh, what's more, after the rapture, when the world will be in chaos as it is moving to before your very eyes today, is likely that a vacuum of power, especially in the West, we hear a whole lot about the West today. By the way, one former commander of NATO uh, said today, the West needs to get ready for World War III. May encourage the Gog allies of the East to launch an attack against Israel. Some people believe right now Russia is trying to create a pretext to attack Israel, claiming that there's a church that they are owed and they're mad because of what they said at the uh, 
uh, UN meeting. And uh, and by the way, uh, this is just what I sense, and I really don't uh, have any concrete evidence, but I believe uh, that Russia shot that plane out of the sky over China because they, they didn't talk right at the UN. I mean, they did not talk right. She did not talk right with uh, President uh, Biden the day before. Now, that's just what I believe. I have not shared that with anybody until now because they, China still does not know what happened to that plane. And, and, and some of the investigators are hinting at some kind of explosion or something took place. Now, Russia is, is accused of doing this before over Ukraine some years ago. I hope that's not the case. But they still don't have an answer. Normally, you have an answer by now as to why one of your state planes blew up in the sky or... Uh, uh, crashed and killed everybody on board. And she probably knows. I, I don't know. That's what I believe. Anyway, and a subsequent divine demonstration of God's power against Israel's enemies before the tribulation will equip the Jewish people to trust God alone throughout the tribulation during which Satan and the Antichrist uh, the Antichrist seek to destroy Israel the pre-tribulational destruction of Gog would also eliminate a military obstacle for the Antichrist making it possible for him to consolidate his power by the middle of the tribulation, which may explain why he has both the power and the motive to make a covenant with Israel at this time. This covenant may well make possible the rebuilding of the Jewish temple. Someone said the, the other day when the three great faiths of the world uh, great meaning uh, big Christianity number one Judaism number two and then Islam were converged on the Temple Mount. Somebody said it's time to build the Jewish Temple. It's time. We're going to have all of this fighting and killing and everything on the, on the Temple Mount that David chose for the original temple that his son magnificently built with his wisdom from God. Well, let's, it's, it's time to gather some stuff and let's build the temple. That's what somebody said the other day. If the seven years during which Israel will burn the weapons of those nations is the same seven years of the tribulation period, then this burning along with the burial ground of Gog and the slain multitude will serve as a witness throughout the tribulation to both the promise of the universal judgment of the nations and Israel's complete restoration. Dear friends, if the Lord tarries his coming and we live, we will continue looking at the prophetic passages of scripture uh, in the Bible in our next episode. Uh, dear friends, our second coming quote for today is from Dr. J.C. Ryle. He said, a true Christian has a good hope when he looks ahead, the worldly man has none. A true Christian sees light in the distance. 
The worldly man sees nothing but darkness. Isn't that true? The outlook of a Christian versus a worldly person, a person who's not saved, is, is like night and day. It is so vastly different. Don't you have family members? You, you are a Christian and you, you, you see nothing but light and glory and praise God and hallelujah no matter what the situation. They always see dark and gloom and they don't see afar off and they don't have any faith. See? You know why most people who are disobedient in your family are disobedient? Because they don't see God. They maybe they don't know God, maybe. They do not know God. And so they don't have faith in God. And when you have a situation like that, that's a tough situation. No matter how highly you talk of God and what God can do and what God has done, they don't see it. They just don't see it. Some of you may be married to a person like that. Or you may have a child like that. You wonder why they can't get on with their life. You wonder why they can't move on with their life. You wonder why they, they can't get any traction because they don't have any faith in God. Or they'll try to blame you. They'll try to blame other people. They'll criticize other people and they, and while they're doing nothing. Not going anywhere. you got to have faith, really. To move and to accomplish great things in this life, my dear friends. And what is the hope of a true Christian? It is just this. That Jesus Christ is coming again. That's why I'm here tonight. I'm here tonight because of my son, Daniel Ezekiel, helped me put together a sermon and when it's so well done, and God took it over from there, and uh, and gave me the grace and strength and the power of His Holy Spirit to preach it on our second coming uh, service night, Saturday night. I was so moved by the message, by the grace of God, that. Uh, it moved me to do some other things going forward uh, to remind people of the blessed hope and how that the blessed hope ought to purify you, convict you of your sins, and give you hope for the future. Um, and uh, we dealt with how we ought to be sober-minded, vigilant, watchful, and so forth. And it was a blessing, and so God has led me uh, to uh, do this. And I thank God for my daughter, Daniqua Grace, uh, helping me with it, as she has been for years. Daniel, my oldest son, used to help me with it years ago. And then uh, my daughter, Daniqua, took over and has done a wonderful job. Uh, with it. They all did a, did a wonderful job. And so, and it's, it's amazing how timely where we, where we left off at. And we picked up this past week and it's right on point. And that's how God is. It is just this, that Jesus Christ is coming again, coming without sin, coming with all his people, coming to wipe away every tear, coming to raise his sleeping saints from the grave, coming to gather together all his family, that they may be forever with him. Why is a believer patient? Well, some believers are not patient, so why should a believer be patient? Because he looks for the coming of the Lord. And the beautiful thing about that, if you're truly saved, you're going to find things to do, or he's going to give you something to do, to occupy till he comes. He can hear hard, he can hear, or rather he can bear hard things. Watch this, without murmuring and without complaining.
putting on a, a pity party and all of that like so many so-called Christians do. That is disgusting and is of the devil. You need to stop it. Stop it. Stop trying to make people feel sorry for you. Stop trying to make people uh, 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 pay attention to you uh, because, and, and, and doing it in an evil way by being sad and downtrodden and defeated and disgusted and mad and always want somebody to ask you what is wrong. Why can't you ask somebody else what's wrong? How, why can't you help somebody else? Occupy till you come. In the words of Miles McPherson, do something. Do something, man. Some of you curl up in a fetal position at night and don't want to get up in the morning at all because you... You, you have no hope. You don't have it. You, you don't realize that this is the day that Jesus might come. Or you don't want to think about that. You love thinking about yourself. And how terrible you feel and how bad you feel and so forth. That's not, that, that's not what God wants you to do. And that's not what true Christians should do. He knows the time is short. He waits quietly for the king to come. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We praise you and we thank you for this time together around your holy word. Now, Lord, as people hear the gospel, Lord, as you are lifted up, draw all men to yourself. We pray for millions and millions to hear the gospel, to come to know your Savior, to believe in you, and be saved even tonight before it is etern eternally too late. Because, Lord, if you wanted to, you can come in the rapture tonight. Help everybody uh, understand that. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, beloved, if you are not ready for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, may I encourage you to get ready today by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Here is how. First, accept the fact that you are a sinner and that you have broken God's law. The Holy Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have sinned against God, haven't we? Would you admit that? From the Pope on down, we all have sinned against God. You say, well, preacher, I don't know what sin is. Well, let me help you. Lying to anybody about anything. Have you ever lied? Sure you have. The Bible says all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. Have you ever stolen anything from your father, from your mother, from your brother, from your sister, from your cousin? You think nobody saw you, but God saw you. Have you ever lusted after anybody or anything in your heart? Jesus Christ said, when you lust in your heart after a woman, men, you're committing adul adultery already in your heart. That's how holy Jesus is. You don't have to do anything physically. He... he uh, he can see when you lust in your heart after somebody. And you have evil, nasty thoughts about them. Have you ever done that? Have you ever dishonored or disobeyed your parents? Disrespected your parents? Think you're smarter than your parents? Have you ever... Dishonored God by taking his name in vain. My dear friends, I just share with you the five, five, only five of the Ten Commandments that you have broken already. I haven't even mentioned the other five. 
those things are sins. And God hates sin because it destroys you. Second, accept the fact that there is a penalty for sin. The Bible states in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. This means that you will die because of sin. You will not die because of the coronavirus plague. That's a result of our sin. You will not die because of cancer. You will not die because of a car crash. You will die, my friend, because of sin. The wages, the payment for all of the sins, the accumulated sins that we have committed against God Almighty, against heaven, against Jesus, will cause us to die. And God wants you to understand very lovingly but very firmly that if he will allow you to die because of all of your sins, death is a judgment. No, it is not a continuation. Uh, it's not a, uh, uh, a part of life. It is a uh, ending of life. You cannot try to put death in a philosophy. Uh, it is real and it is the end of everything here. And, 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 and don't fool yourself. It is a very horrifying thought, a very horrifying and uh, terrifying and frightening experience. Just the thought of it is horrifying. Don't lie to yourself. Don't try to laugh it off. It's nothing to laugh about. This is very serious and it's very firm and very real and you're very familiar with it because you've had people to die in your family. You've had neighbors to die. I remember when I was a boy, there was nothing more frightening than a woman that we saw who lived across the street just just yesterday and, found, and, and woke up and we found them taking her body uh, out of the house because she died overnight. There's nothing like uh, having a friend who right, live right next door to us. Who was healthy and strong as an ox. He should have gone to the NFL. He would have gone to the NFL. Big old fellow. Drowned uh, in the river that ran through our city. And he was gone. These things shook me up as a child. Death uh, will shake you up. And what God wants you to know that if he will allow you to die because of your sins, he will allow you to go to hell because of your sins and because of the main sin of not believing in his son, Jesus Christ. So third, dear friend, accept the fact that you are on the road to hell. Jesus Christ said in Matthew 10, 28, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Jesus Christ loves everybody, but he is a hellfire and brimstone preacher, and he wants all of his preachers to preach hellfire and brimstone. Why? Because he hates us? No, but because he loves us. Hell is a very real place. Hell is no joke. You won't be partying in hell like you think. There's no slits, malt liquor bull, and no miller time in hell. There's not even any water in hell. For the rich man who went to hell and who's still in hell today that Jesus told us about, all he wanted was a damp finger. I didn't say damp, I said damp, D-A-M-P, to cool his parched tongue. 
There's no water in hell to drink. So you know there's no Coca-Cola, there's no uh, Miller Time, there's no uh, Slitch Malt Liquor Bowl, there's no wine, there's nothing in hell. to drink. My dear friend, you don't want to go to hell. You say, well, it's hot as hell right now. No, it's not as hot as hell right now. You're going to believe in hell that earth was the most air-conditioned, most wonderful, uh, beautiful place ever. When you go to hell, that's how bad hell is. So Jesus preached the bad news that there is a hell after you die. The Bible says it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. If you die having not believed in the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart and received him into your heart and called on his name and repented of your sins, you will die and go to hell. It shows my last name is White and I'm black. And you will be in hell forever. Understand that contrary to human beings, God does not play when he says things. Jesus Christ does not Play. They don't. They don't play games. They don't. They're not trying to psych you out and saying that you're going to go to hell and then one day you're going to surprise that you're not going. They don't play that. They cannot lie. God cannot lie. Jesus cannot lie. And so, ladies and gentlemen, hell is bad news. And you're going there is bad news. But I have some good news for you. You don't have to go to hell. If you go to hell, you will go over the crucified body and uh, buried body and resurrected, resurrected Son of God who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins. He paid your sin debt. There are times in life when you cannot save yourself. That somebody has to come and save you. Jesus came and saved us. He, he suffered, bled, and died on the cross for our sins to save us from hell. Because of God's love for us, understanding and realizing that we could not save ourselves. So this salvation is a free gift. You cannot work for it. I know you want to pay the person back who saved you out of the fire. You will even say that. I'll pay you back because I owe you my life. But you don't have enough money to pay them back. They had to save you. Plus, on top of that, they don't think that way. And we're wicked, even sinners. Uh, wicked, evil sinners, and we don't think that way. We said, no, 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 don't think about it. Don't worry about it. I, I just did what anybody would have done if they passed by the lake and saw somebody drowning. They don't want anything in return. Well, Jesus Christ did that for us. He came to save us. Now, when somebody saves you, there's nothing that you can really do. They may say, well, just push up a little bit. Well, you can do that, and boom, you're saved. You're out of the car that's on fire. And Jesus is saying, believe in me, that's all. Can you do that? Believe in me. Boom, you're saved. Call upon my name. Can you do that? 
Yes, sir. You're saved. Your faith in Jesus Christ has saved your soul. That's all he wants you to do. You say, but that's only less than 1%. Uh, uh, he did it all. He paid it all. Exactly. The songwriter said, Jesus paid it all. All to him we owe. How can I pay you back, Jesus? Just give me your life, your whole life, and devote yourself to serving me. That's it. Because I saved you from hell. See? That's all. And I'll help you do that. I'll help you do right by me. By giving you the power of the Holy Spirit. This is a beautiful thing. And it's all a part of the magnificent system of grace. God's grace. Jesus Christ said in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Just believe in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he died for your sins, he suffered, he bled, and he died a terrible death. For your sins and mine, he was buried in a borrowed grave, went through hell and to hell, and rose from the dead early one Sunday morning, very early before uh, the sun rose, he rose. By the power of God for you and me. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world, all of our sins. Jesus Christ is the sacrificial Passover lamb of God for all people. Not only the Jews, but the Gentiles, for you and me. He paid our sin debt. All to him we owe. So all you have to do, my dear friend, is believe in him. So that you can live eternally. Pray and ask him to come into your heart today to save your soul, and he will. Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let's pray the sinner's prayer. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Receive him into your heart. Repent of your sins. God will help you. This is the most important, important moment of your life. You're confronted with the gospel. It's up to you what you do with it. God will not make you. I can't make you. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou you shall be saved. Follow me in prayer and mean it from your heart. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I acknowledge and I admit that I am a sinner and that I have done evil in your sight. I have broken those Ten Commandments and more. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive me of all of my sins. My failures and my faults. As I now believe in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, I do believe in you. I believe that you suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins. Was buried and rose on the third day. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul today.
I receive you into my heart and life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me a mind to repent of all of my sins and to turn from all of my evil ways for your glory and by the power of your Holy Spirit and help me to follow you, Lord Jesus Christ, in the new life. For it is in your name I do pray. Amen. So, dear friend of mine, if you just believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you prayed that prayer with me, and you meant it from your heart, I declare to you that based upon the Word of God, you are now saved from hell, and uh, you're on your way to heaven. Welcome to the family of God. Congratulations on doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And it's a beautiful thing, and you will never regret it. Now, for more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door. And that's what you did today. You entered through the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Until next time, my beloved, God loves you. We love you, and may God bless you real good is my prayer. Keep looking up, for your redemption draweth nigh. Let us join in the prayer of John the Revelator. Even so, come. Lord Jesus, God bless you all. Let's stand tonight for our closing prayer. As that beautiful old hymn, I'll Fly Away, is uh, playing in the background. Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you so much for this magnificent time uh, together, uh, reminding your people of the second coming of Christ, the blessed hope, informing other people who don't know anything about this to come to know you as Savior, our soon coming King. And so, Lord, have your Holy Ghost and to work mightily on the hearts and minds of your people and all that you do the miracle that you work of saving people. We pray that you'll do that tonight. Help your people to pray without ceasing, to keep the blessed hope alive. For your glory, praise, and honor, and for their good, in Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time. Amen.